Today's podcast is brought to you by Something Blue by Anita Kay, specializing in wedding and event photography. Visit her page on Facebook. For those in love, capture those memories with Something Blue by Anita Kay. The Unbridled Enthusiasm Podcast with Mark Pulo starts now. We can't give them this much power in the cartoon world. A podcast, and I was told that if I did your podcast that I would, you know, advance to the next level. And we're podcasting and photographizing in front of the great The worst gigs of their life are, are because of Mark Pulo's. <laughs> Anyone want a husband? Free free to a home. Now it doesn't even have to be a good home, just free to a home. Ladies and gentlemen, Andre the Giant would like to do his impression of Willie Nelson. Suck yourself dry! Alright. Hello folks and welcome back to the Unbridled Enthusiasm Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Poulos. And it's good to be back today on the program. Very special episode. I actually get to uh, talk with a very good friend, Mike Brody. Um, we've been friends for 13 years or something like that. And uh, really think of him as a good friend, almost a brother in this business. And uh, he's got a lot of fun stories. He's done a lot of crazy stuff, um, a lot of ghost hunting stuff and uh, internet fame and... Uh, other fun stuff we talk about. And uh, yeah, so I hope you guys enjoy it. Check it out. This is Mike Brody. Yahoo! We are live with the one and only Mike Brody, everybody. Say something. I'm not here. Oh, for Christ's sake. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. I want to make the everybody think that you were just talking to yourself in a room. Hi, that I'm Mike Brody. <laughs> That's every other episode on this on mm-hmm. this freaking podcast. It's just me in my room by myself. How long are we doing this? Is this over? Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, you... I had my coffee. I think there's... I, I really... Th- I was thinking about this last night. That there's literally maybe at best two comedians uh, in the business that I would consider closer than just comedian friends more like an actual brother and it's you and Cocazello. <laughs> Cocazello. Yeah, that guy, man. You know, Cocazello, he's a pothead. I don't think we're spoiling anything on that. He, um, I love Cocazello, but uh, I do like the big brothers, big sisters thing. I don't advertise it. You know, it's not like, well, it's like, oh, look at me, but I, I, do, I do it. And he knew I, he knows I do it. The last time I saw him, he was, I could put that on silent. <laughs> I put that on silent. <laughs> It's what? on silent. What? I don't understand. What is um, that noise? It keeps it, happening all the time. Uh, it, so I, he was at a picnic that I went to. Like they invited me to a picnic, and I went for like thirty minutes. And he was drunk and stoned. And then he follows me to my car with his hair all messed up. And he's like, "Hey, man, I, I, I think I really want to join Big Brothers Big Sisters." <laughs> I'm like, "Unless somebody's your big brother, I don't. I, was I don't really know that this is a good idea." Join for somebody to help you. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Cocosello. Like, hey, we're going to build a recliner with balloons on it. And we're going to fly around. So That was you, actually something he was going to do, do. Do you do the on-the-fly thing with Tony Fly? Yeah. Um, I I laugh so hard because I got... I basically gave Joe the information to get on the show, and he's done it a bunch now. And Joe's like, you think that they'll, that they'll take me? And I'm like, I start to get the feeling from that show that that they're kind of hurting for people so like they do a lot they of will it. just pretty much take whoever's available that day right and as long as you're not swearing live on television and relatively funny though. i do it i do it uh and they like asked me to do it again in two weeks and i'm like yeah this is free you know <laughs> yeah yeah are they gonna toss us like 20 bucks anytime I mean, no soon? it's fine i like i mean I, it's fine I, I like it i'm not trying to talk to you yeah <laughs> but i'm just saying like yeah no it's uh they, they do have a lot of people on there uh yeah it's, it's free but it's you know i'm i'm glad you came on the podcast mike because yeah because uh, you're, you're paying me because i'm i'm gonna pay you in uh in barbecue ribs and uh <laughs> i just uh it I, I was thinking about this yesterday because your your kind of rise through stand up was different from a lot of people. Like you had, it's such a interesting story as far as comedy goes. My story? Yeah, don't you think? I mean, you wrote this joke about a ghost monk. 
And it was a funny joke, a hilarious joke. And then randomly this guy, was it a friend or just someone on the road animated it into a cartoon or something? Oh, I mean, that Andy Erickson did that. Okay. She made so a little she, car, but that actually yeah. was after the fact. What happened was I wrote this joke about ghost monk stuff, and I put it on MySpace. Yeah. So this happened last year. No. Quite, <laughs> quite a bit of time ago. Yeah, and uh, Amy Bruni, who was who she was on Ghost Hunters for. So just the uh, just the audio of the joke. The video. It was a video. Oh, the video. And the I joke. posted yeah. it on everybody's like all these ghost people's pages and stuff like that. So like you you had that see because from my point point of view from the outside. I thought that uh, you just wrote this joke and then somebody made a cartoon and then they saw the cartoon and that's when they asked you to be a no, part of it. No, they saw the video and it was Amy Bruni who was on the show later, but at the time she wasn't. She was the producer of their podcast radio show. Okay. And then she was like, hey, do you want to do this event? And she's like, can you do 45 minutes on jokes and I, or on ghosts? And I was like, yeah. And then I had like <laughs> three minutes. I was like, get to writing. I remember that too because you kept coming into the open mics like, you're like, just don't make fun of me. Like, I have to work on this mummy and werewolf material and all this stuff. And we were like, what are you doing? Yeah, but, but it was like, it was like, I mean, back then, it was a lot of money for me. Like, well, no it shit, was like a man. Game changer kind of thing for me. But it was like there were so many of us in the Minneapolis scene uh, that were jealous. You know, I was jealous too because I was just like. You know, you were fucking flying all over the country and like doing this crazy shit. And I was just like, but talking to you last night about being involved with the the ghost stuff and the things that you would do. I know now that, uh, you know, for, you know, in bizarro world, if I was given that opportunity, like I would have completely squandered it because I wouldn't <laughs> have had any fun sitting in haunted hotels anywhere. You? Yeah. It would terrify me. Like, I would have no fun doing that at all. It holds no interest for me to go to a, a closed insane asylum and sit in the basement and see if crazy well, there's stuff There's usually happens. people with you. Occasionally, I don't care. Occasionally, I would purposely... I was doing one actually in Minnesota, in Virginia, Minnesota. It was this old schoolhouse that was, like, abandoned. And I think they filmed, like, North Country up there or something like that. Yeah. There. there was a bunch of signs from it there. But at one point, I decided to go into the basement by myself. And... <laughs> It was pitch dark. It was like Blair Witch Project kind of shit. And like, I kid you not, in the basement, I heard like a sling blade voice. It was like, oh, Jesus. and I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> so basically what happened was you started, are are there other comedians that are doing the Ghost Hunter events around the country? Are, are you considered the official Ghost Hunter comedian? Um, there's not for them, for their the, okay. the straight uh strange events um they i mean what happened was i i am under the opinion that i was the first paranormal stand-up comedian there yeah. was a guy doing improv before okay um he's the long-haired blonde-haired uh guy from the x-files i can't remember his name um God. the nerdy guy the yeah. tech guy he would okay. do improv and stuff he was before me but i didn't know that he was doing that and like i don't really understand <laughs> the connection at all you know ghost, like ghost improv yeah i don't really know uh, There's so a specter I, behind you. So, React. I, mean, I still do these events, <laughs> but honestly, I pulled back from it as far as my regular identity goes. Like, it's separate to me. I do those things when yeah. I'm there. I'm doing that. I because what happened was all of a sudden other like now um, Karen Rontoski does it. She does other events and she all her stuffs about ghosts and she's super funny. Yeah. And then um, uh, not Jeff Singer, Ryan Singer. Yeah. He does a bunch of stuff on paranormal stuff now too. And I kind of realized that, like, I didn't want to get typecast as something that other people could do. Not, yeah. not that they were ripping me off. I don't. Yeah. In no, in no way am I insinuating that those yeah. people were. But because why not? But like, I was like, yeah. It, I felt like I couldn't hold on to it, so I was like, I'm gonna do yeah. it separately, and I'm not gonna really identify myself as a paranormal yeah. comic because I didn't want to get it typecast. Be, yeah, it would be like somebody asking me to do like an hour on comic books. Like I'm yeah. a little bit fluent in the comic book world, and I could probably put together something funny. But then it would be like Chris Hardwick coming in behind right. me and just like destroying it you know and somebody else could do it you know yeah. and so i was like well i just got to be mike brody and yeah. stuff like that so it, it's something i talk about on the radio or stuff like that and i have a lot of stories about it but like it's not you know it's something if like my interview is really <laughs> lame i don't yeah. mean you oh. but i mean like no no but like somebody who like you know like oh, so it's something to talk about so is there is there a sense of loyalty from the from the ghost hunters that you were kind of the first and they give you the opportunity to do it when yeah you i mean like i stayed exclusive to them um 
I did a UFO convention, which I think is different. <laughs> I didn't feel like that was crossing the streams. Uh, and that was a one-time event. Uh, I did. And I was in, there was this little cube. They had all these weird things set up, and there was a cube that this lady was sitting in. At first, I thought she was, like, handicapped or something. Yeah. She was in a cube, and her head was poking out. I was like, oh, man, what happened to her? And uh, <laughs> it, what it was was a box that shoots lasers into you and simulates heat. Okay. So it tricks your body into thinking that you're hot, that you're warming up. So you're not. It's not actual heat. So um, you sit in this thing and you start to feel warmed up, but you're technically not being warmed up. It's just like a trick. Weird. Um, so she asked me. I was walking by, kept walking by, and I was like looking at it. She's like, "Do you want to try it?" And I was like, "Sure." So I get into this box. This is in Minneapolis at like the convention center. I think it's yeah. well, St. Louis Park, like right where they line up. And uh, I'm in there, and all of a sudden, I look over and I see Justin Long. Yeah. From those Apple commercials and all yeah, the TV no, shows? Yeah, no, I know Justin Long. You know him? Not personally. But I just know who you're talking about. He yeah. was there all of a sudden, and he wasn't a guest. He just walked in randomly, walks by, and he goes, hey, can I take a picture of you, man? And he does like a little selfie with me in the box. I'm like, shit, now I'm going to be on Justin Long's blog as some <laughs> weirdo in a box. <laughs> I was just trying it out. Man, you have so many of these crazy stories where it's like you're always in the right place at the right time sometimes you know like i've been doing this as long as you have i don't have any of these stories of accidentally taking a selfie with a famous person or hey the club we're doing this weekend toby keith showed up that another fucking story man but you're happen. here and just out of nowhere toby keith walks in to see the show and you meet it wasn't out of nowhere. he called ahead and asked to be whisked in silent oh, i spilled coffee on my crotch oh. um <laughs> this is crazy, it's man. okay it's okay i put ice cubes in it um <laughs> uh, scared me uh oh not scared God. of ghosts scared of coffee but um so yeah they were like toby keith's gonna be here don't nice make a big stuff, deal of it man. don't talk about him on stage just like yeah you know? and so they whisked him in he came in like at, halfway through the mc set and me and the headliner were sitting at the bar i don't even remember who was headlining but we kept looking at the door and people would walk and be like oh is that toby keith is that toby keith and it was never toby keith and then when toby keith walked in you're like oh there he is well yeah you can't mistake that you can't mistake that it. blonde jerry curl looking <laughs> motherfucker and uh he came in, he watched the set, he, he laughed, and then he left like with like five minutes left in the headliner set or something like that, and he walked by me. He didn't even like stop, but he like shook my hand without even breaking stride, and he yeah. goes, good, good job, brother. And he just kept going. <laughs> so I couldn't even get a picture with him, but some of the door guys got a picture with him, and he looked so, tired. I remember back when you, when you first, I think you first did that first tour with the Ghost Hunters, you, you came up with a shirt to sell after the show. And it was based on a joke you wrote about haunting the couch. Yeah, it was I haunt the couch, and it had a couch with a with a uh, ghost on it. And, and I uh, heard you sold every single one of those, yeah. like in the first two shows. Oh, they sell like hotcakes at the ghost things, not at the regular shows. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Andy Erickson um, made that one for me too. God, man. And uh, and then the I more had, I hear about this girl, well, the more I, also, I like her. I also had onesies that said. Um, my diaper smells so, spooky, and then it had a little ghost that looked like a poop. So from the beginning of you merchandising, you immediately had an idea to do baby clothes. Like, where did that come from? Like, did because I had seen I had seen the like other comics selling onesie stuff, but I guess in my head I just never thought that any of my ideas would translate to. I, a, I've, I've honestly never seen anybody. Ones. The only person I've ever seen sell a onesie was Mike Merrifield, who was the guy who made my shirts. Yeah. And we were doing the skyline together, and um, I was featuring, and I got done. I'm walking through the bar, you know, and he walks by me holding a red onesie with some like Bucky fuck Bucky or something yeah. thing, and I didn't even say anything. He walks by me and he goes, "Yeah." I stole it. You should be pissed. <laughs> and he goes up. What? Because he's like, I make the onesies for you, and now I made a onesie for me. Oh, I got so what you're just, saying. So he was just yeah. kind of kidding me. He was like, yeah, I did it. Fuck you. You should be pissed. And then he goes <laughs> on stage. I wasn't well, he, pissed at all. but like, He talked me into doing thongs for a while, like selling thongs after the show. And that lasted about like a week and a half because mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't want to be selling underwear after the show. Yeah, it's It was a funny idea because it was based on the joke. Uh, Your thong song show. Where the uh, the lady, uh, where I say it's a weird vagina, and then at the end I said, "Is it an Audi or whatever?" So the thong underwear said, uh, "Don't worry, it's an innie." Is what uh, the thong I think I've seen said. that. Yeah, so I was like, I don't know, man. I just felt weird about like asking a lady what her underwear well, size. Did you sell to any men? No. I did not sell any underwear to a man. Did you sell any? How many one? How many did you sell? 
I don't know. I think he sent me like 10 of them. And then I had a, a brief thought of like brief. doing it again. Ah! <laughs> I had a brief thought to do it again, and then I asked him, and like I guess thong underwear, the the price on it is like ten bucks just for the thong, and then it's like an extra couple bucks for the the screen or whatever. Yeah, and then you gotta like you deal with people being like, eh, but I'm hot, so give it to me for free, like all this <laughs> you know bullshit haggling and stuff. I I yeah I look at it that way like you gotta like the cost can't be too much. Like my onesies yeah. cost more to make than my t-shirts, but people like they do oh, really the onesie because it's less, yeah. but like no, there's little buckles and shit. Do you, because uh, I, many a times I get, I get tired of the fucking jokes that I'm doing on stage. I mean, that, the idea that you have, like the shirt that you sell where it's, you know, the, the cheers joke or whatever, it's, it seems like you've been selling that for a while. I, I mean, have. Do you ever get worried with the amount of places that we go back to over and over again? Do you ever feel like you've maybe saturated that market? for those that idea no because i think if people started if people started being like hey i i remember this then i think i'm getting somewhere yeah you know i don't think i've gotten to that point yet (laughs) (laughs) i i it hasn't really come up and like i've come up with other ideas for shirts and then they don't sell as well and it's like why am i giving myself a self-imposed pay cut yeah like if it ain't broke don't fix it i don't sell shirts because i like selling shirts i didn't get into comedy so i could be the johnny appleseed of (laughs) t-shirts going around sell that's where my real passion is t-shirt sales (laughs) it's something i have to do so honestly i think short of having like super hacky shirts you know that everybody has like you you know the type where like you've seen them eight million times what i know you i don't see yours but like you know the type where it's just like some I'm not gonna name names or anything, but like that that's would what be, this podcast is for. You need to name names. Well, I know somebody, be specific. I know somebody no, who like kidding. like would like steal stuff from like Spencer's. Like he had a Buddha, oh. Buddha and it said like I'm um, I'm built like a god, and I'm like I that shirt is blatantly stolen. Like you can't like legally you could actually get into trouble for that. Well, um, I felt I felt bad because John Russell asked me to help him like come up with a an idea for like a shirt and he does this huge section in his act about online dating and i thought about it for like maybe a half an hour in the car and i i said to myself i said to him i'm like wouldn't it be funny if you sold a shirt that said okay stupid on it instead of okay cupid i was like that might be kind of a funny shirt you know it's a you know Mm. some kind of tagline underneath of it like okay stupid you know we're you know the idiots come to date or something like that and he got so excited about it and then he went i better make sure that this doesn't exist already and Mm. like it was just all over the internet there's like comedy shows named okay stupid with like people on it and all this stuff and i was like shit yeah i mean there's a there's a heavy there's a band a metal band called napalm death right (laughs) and I suddenly got it into my head that it would be brilliant for a roller girl to be named Napalm Beth. And I was like, that is like the best idea I've ever had. And I Googled it. And it was like, there's Already like 45, there. there's like 45 roller girls named Napalm Beth. And I'm like, remember before the internet when we could believe that we had an original thought? Well, it's like that, uh, that Pete Holmes joke that makes me laugh where it's, uh, you know, nowadays, if we have a question, we just Google it. We know the answer. Like, that longing is gone. You know, it's like in the old days, if you woke up in the morning and you were like, where's Tom Petty from? Like, you just <laughs> needed to not know that. Florida. You know? Well, whatever. I don't even know. but it's Florida. Oh, okay. Well, congratulations. <laughs> but it, he's like, you know, you go through your life and you don't know. And you're just like, you're asking everybody you meet, like, does anybody know where Tom Petty is from? And it's just eating at you and eating at you until... That one day you meet the girl on the street that has a heartbreaker shirt on, and she says Florida or whatever, yeah. and that's how you fucking met your wife. Yeah, you know? <laughs> that's really funny. But it's like that, you know. It's true. You know, sometimes like I'll be online and I'll ask a question, and somebody will be like, "Do that, like, let me Google that for you." You know that app? Yeah. It's like maybe I just wanted some human interaction. <laughs> <laughs> Let's Google it. Google it. Google it. That's gonna be in the next fucking dictionary. Is Google it as a as a phrase snopes it knowing it's got to sound like a verb snopes it yeah snopes snopes.com what is snopes you don't know what snopes is it's a website that like basically takes like urban myths and like online rumors and verify well it doesn't debunk them it just says if they're true or not so it can debunk them but it can also be like this is true it's a good idea most of them are 
bullshit yeah like because they're like you know this thing has been there's a lot of bullshit out there but like some of them are you know true yeah so uh the meat of this podcast i wanted to talk about your ghost hunting because i don't think i've ever actually had anybody on that does uh that kind of shit and i think it would be interesting to people to hear about it and you can talk about whatever part of it that you want to if you if you're like i don't i had to look at my phone because my dog watcher didn't show up and so i'm oh shit sorry mike no no take a break no 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 no, no. i'm I'm just not trying to be like like the dick or anything i'm just like so you uh uh do you remember what the first the first one that you went on was? The first thing where you were in a hotel? It was uh, Mount Washington, New Hampshire. God, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> I, I put my phone on silent. <laughs> Hold on, let me just text my wife and say I am doing a podcast. This is good That'll podcast. Go over well. I put it on silent. You can see the star. <laughs> no, I'm saying like to your wife. I can't answer right now. I'm on a podcast. Well, I think... Yeah, it does well. I told my wife that. She goes, well, I guess I'll hang up now. <laughs> I go, not to push you off the phone, but I was like, I'm set up to do a podcast. And she's like, well, I guess I'll No, my away. wife would be cool about it. So, uh, Mount Washington, New Hampshire. Um, yeah. And uh, it was uh, this hotel that's like one of those big white ones with the red roofs, like the old style, kind of like 1800s. Oh, okay. And it's up in Brenton Woods, uh, New Hampshire. And um, it was uh, the first time I'd ever done any yeah. stuff like that. And so it was really intimidating, really scary, because I didn't know if they were going to like the comedy yeah. or if they were going to be into it or so not. So the, the whole setup of it is it's like uh, a retreat where people come yeah. to meet the ghost hunter people. They pay. It's like it's a lot of fans. You know, yeah. They go to meet the people, and then they go to go on these little mini and ghost then after and it's like a hunt and there's speakers so like okay. during the day people have speeches on like how to ghost hunt or like okay stuff about like the history of a ouija board or something yeah. like that okay so what would generally what would happen the general formula was that the, they would show up there'd be a meet and greet and i would MC the whole thing like all right it's time for the meet and greet like yeah. here's amy bruni and here's J- jason hawes and like yeah. all this stuff and then and then uh later that night i would do 45 to an hour on ghosts and then that, they would rap for the night. And you could, yeah, sorry, well, I mean, it just seems crazy. Did I mean, at get first, bored it, of it, all the ghost material. Well, it honestly, after a while, it became so laborious to write so many new ghost jokes. That I just started doing half and half. Yeah. And then it was so fun. It, it worked fine. So I was like, well, screw it. Yeah. Just whatever works, you know. Um. Yeah. And then they would rap for the night, and then um. And then the next morning, the about ten or eleven, the speakers would start. And then at night, there's they separate separate them into two groups. The first group would do. Uh, one ghost hunt, and then they would the other one would have free time, and then yeah, same thing the next day. Okay. Then, yeah. So and, and then and then after after <clears throat> the like the last group went, which was like one or two in the morning, it would end. Then all of us, if we were awake, would go and like if the, we felt like it, late go, night go and do shit. yeah. Some people do it, some people didn't. Some people yeah. are like they're fucking over it, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Like all right, I'm gonna go eat a banana. Yeah. So because I. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm scared of ghosts, but I'm just like, uh, I don't know, man. I've always had a, a, a healthy fear of it just because of the idea that, you know, it's just free-flowing energy, you know. Mm-hmm. And the idea that, that possibly they could be manipulating you or or the people around you or your reality or anything like that. That kind of stuff kind of freaks me out, you know. It's like, if I see somebody scary, like I can get away from them or whatever, but it's like this stuff around you that you can't see that messes with you you know i mean i was scared of all that stuff too and then i started doing it and like it, it i don't know i feel like it's like there's nothing really to be scared of as long so, as you're not like doing black mass sacrifices yeah. with blades up your eyeball <laughs> we were talking about uh uh is it okay to talk about your your friend adam on here or not sure want to, okay so where did you where did you actually meet him at the first the first one yeah and you guys became fast friends? Um, I think it was like the second or third one that we became friends. He was okay. like, he's kind of an intimidating person. Yeah, you know, he's a no big bald shit. guy who works for the Vatican. At that point, he wasn't working for the Vatican, but he yeah. is like, you know, kind of, he's like an intimidating dude. I find out later that he's not. Yeah. But uh, so I knew him and talked to him, but then we started like hanging out. What is his uh, official title then? That's demonologist. Demonologist. It's okay. a, a lot of people have co-opted that term. Yeah. You know, so... Uh, it's like uh, kind of misused and stuff. Yeah. But I think if you work, 
like if you actually work for the Vatican and take part in exorcisms, like you can. <laughs> yeah, but it's an old term. Yeah, I mean it's basically a layman. So who, he is he is pretty much knee deep in the shit. Like yeah. he's he's seen it all and been a part of it. Seems like it. Yeah. See. If I was with that guy, you know how you said, I'm not really scared because there's a lot of people around there. I think I would probably feel a lot more comfortable if I was with him, you know, somebody that yeah. kind of knew the ropes and knows what's going on. But, like, if I was just with three, like, knuckleheads in a basement, I'd be like, I need to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, that's generally it, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's it's... I don't know. So what have you seen with your own eyes (laughs) on a ghost hunt, Mike Brody? Well, this is... Tell the world. What have you... I mean, have you seen a door creak open? Have you seen a vase fly at your head? This is the stuff where, like, I I mean, I could say what I've seen, but, like, at the same time, while I believe it is what I believe it is, I also am not, like, one of those all-or-none people. So (laughs) I I always... um, hold the belief that i could be you know like misinformed or delusional <laughs> yeah. like i whenever i do them and something happens i'm like well that's it that's it, that's it. There yeah. it is and then you get a few months later you're like well i don't know maybe i was crazy well, so it's like because that seems to be the hook of that ghost hunter show is they're always on the side of trying to prove it wrong like they're not it it doesn't seem like they're going into everything trying to be a cheerleader for paranormal activity well the show is a show yeah, I mean it's a reality show, so they I know those people and I know that they're um, sincere people, but like ultimately things get made for shows and it's not really there's no such thing as a reality show. And I'm not saying yeah. they're faking stuff. I'm just saying that like you know it's some part of it is manufactured. There's well, just no way to... I mean in the sense that they film sometimes for six days, wow, twelve hours a day, and then it gets spliced into looking like they were there for like a night or yeah. half a day, you know, so. It really, and when they first started, it was a lot of houses, like just like people's houses. Yeah. And a lot of stuff wouldn't happen. But then as they got more famous, all of them started to be like, oh, this giant castle in Scotland that's a thousand years old, you know, where (laughs) everybody was opening their doors to them. And then they started running into stuff more because they were like going to the hot spots. Everybody wanted them to come there, you know, so it changed. So were they, did you ever get the lowdown as to whether they might have been faking a few things? just for television like somebody was down the hall like hitting a radiator with a stick or something i don't i never heard anything like that okay but there's a lot well, of ghost good. shows you know yeah. so who knows um a lot I'm, of guys screaming at ghosts yeah 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 that's it. That's, <laughs> but i like I, knowing those Come people on, know, knowing the people from ghost hunters and talking to them privately and like doing ghost hunts with them like it's my firm belief that they do believe yeah what they're doing and there's a lot of there's a lot of equipment that goes into ghost hunting because i actually like these shows and i watch them a lot so they've got the what i like to call the modified stud finder where they go into a place and it's like that's exactly what it is it's a stud finder a lot of times yeah there's like get the fuck out of here well it's just like how like viagra was supposed to be for your hair or something like that you know like what's it well that might not be exactly true but like a lot of times pills get it was for your heart well it was something like that a lot of times things will get discovered by accident like they made a pill for this and they found out that it makes your legs grow or something you know what i mean and so that's what you know these things were all keeps your feet warm and you get a giant heart on a lot of these things were plumber's tools and stuff that do electronics and stuff like that yeah and then they found out that they're they use this stuff and some of them are more like some of them i think that there's more to it and some of them i think are total bullshit like there's one where you take these little flashlights and some people swear by it but you you unscrew the the you know like those little like like yeah little fucking a flashlight and but you unscrew the top until it's like halfway in halfway out just as per so little like flicker and then you set it down and then it's kind of like a flash for yes and then like every once in a while but like it's gonna go on and off because you did it that way so i don't really put a lot of stock in that you know but but yeah i have there's always exceptions to the rule i've been in upstate new york at the otisaga hotel in cooperstown new york where the baseball hall of fame is i was in this hotel and somebody had like eight lights on the table and they were doing that and all of them were going on and off at the same time and oh, nobody wow. was walking around to like bump yeah. the table. so then you're like okay well that's what's that normal, so like yeah. that's kind of my I think you should look at everything with skepticism. Yeah. I mean, I know that sounds weird coming from a guy who's talking about ghosts, but I'm just saying, like, you know, I then you go, okay, maybe there's yeah. something there. I think... Uh, like orbs, the those are all dust. Everybody knows that. 
they're not real. Well, the thing is, but there's always ex- there's always exceptions to every rule. Like you take a picture, and there's orbs everywhere because dust. That's how they show up yeah. on a camera, especially with digital cameras. That's how it started picking up more. But and this is like one in a million. Occasionally, there'll be like an orb that is emitting its own light and like it's reflecting off the wall or something. Like you take a picture of a big orb and it's shadowing on the wall. Yeah. Then you're like, okay, what's that? <laughs> but those are like. Yeah. Bigfoot rare. Few and, few and far between. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's not like everything's yeah. a definitive or something. And then, like I said, I am fully aware that all of this could be complete bullshit. I'm just... I'm and not, you got to, uh, you got to stay in the Stephen King suite. At the I, didn't spend the night, I didn't spend the night there, but I spent a lot of time in, yeah. of the night there. Like, I've spent several hours. In and I didn't even know... You were saying that that's the same hotel in Dumb and Dumber, which I never even... Dumb and Dumber. Where he walks up the steps with the fluffy uh, yeah. boots. Yeah. Oh, and, that's uh, so crazy. The, the man walks on the moon uh, newspaper is still on the wall in the bar. <laughs> it's it. Yeah. <laughs> we did it. Isn't that weird, though? Like, that whole conspiracy theory about Stanley Kubrick and that hotel in The Shining. Ah, and there's a newspaper thing on the wall of the moon landing. Uh, is that in the movie, too? No. But, come on. Well, it was. It just says, "Man walked on the." It's the thing, like Occam's Razor. Like they put a thing. It was a big deal. I don't know. Well, sounds like. I, it's so you're thinking there's shit. another piece of the puzzle, yep. right there? Yep. <sighs> yes, sir. So you're telling me <laughs> that Stanley Kubrick had something to do with the interior design <laughs> of the Stanley Hotel? I don't know. Uh, they also that filmed the Shining, sense. the TV version of the Shining there. Was there was a, a TV movie. version? Stephen King didn't like the movie. He thought that because they changed a lot of it. Yeah. And, uh, like, you know, like, Jack Nicholson, the character didn't have a... M- what did he have? In the movie, did he have a mallet? No, he had an axe. axe. Yeah, in the book, it's a mallet. Like a like a lawn, like a crochet, croquet mallet or something like that. Oh, okay. So he, there's a lot of little subtle differences. So Stephen King in, like, the 90s did it filmed it at the stanley hotel yeah and they used the main character from wings oh that sounds like a horrible choice yeah it was bad it, it wasn't very good it didn't do very good there was a video on facebook the other day where it was uh behind the scenes of jack nicholson getting fired up for the whole door scene in yeah. the bathroom like here's johnny yeah and it's kind of crazy to watch him just like get fired up to be that crazy really <laughs> just oh, like I see that he's like rah, 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 and he's got an axe and he's like hitting a bed and the and the guy's like just checking the light thing with this the thing you know and he's behind him just like, rah, 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 rah. like i love stuff like shit. that like in apocalypse now where uh charlie she- martin sheen mm-hmm. is in his underwear and he like breaks the mirror and he's bleeding that was oh, all man. real. He was wasted, and he punched oh, the mirror. The wasted, and like yeah. I haven't seen that video. I gotta check. That no, it's out. in the movie. I mean, oh, it's in the movie. The movie. He made the cut where he's like, they just. He was supposed to be. It's like in Walk the Line when uh, Joaquin Phoenix rips the sink off the wall. Yeah, that wasn't supposed to happen. He was really? just supposed to freak out. He pulled the sink off the wall. <laughs> So they kept it because well, like, oh, that's great. <laughs> well, that's too like the the scene and uh, um, something about Mary. When they wheel him out of the house to in the beginning where he gets his dick stuck in the zipper and he's about to go into the ambulance mm-hmm. and they go to put him in the ambulance and the whole thing collapses and falls over. Like that was a real thing that happened. <laughs> That's awesome. And he got up and just like, you know, being the great actor he was, he really like, I think, fractured his elbow when he fell down and he was just like, you know, give him the thumbs up and they put him in the ambulance and they kept it in the movie. Nice. I was like, jeez. That's nice. a horrible uh, reminder that you fractured your elbow there. But also, the last great Fairly Brothers movie. Yeah, actually, I liked Hall Pass. I thought Hall Pass. I never was saw funny. that one. Um, yeah. But being. Uh, oh wait, me, myself, and Irene. I liked that one. Yeah, that one was good too. But yeah, so, so I've you've seen, been in I've, some shit, man. I've seen. You've been uh, in the shit. I followed. I was in Alcatraz, and I followed a, what I thought was a dude into a room to. He was walking into a room. I thought he was going to record some stuff. And I walked in there and be like, hey, can I record in here too? And then there was nobody in there. And, you know, I've been touched by stuff. I've heard things. We were in a room Have once. you ever been physically harmed by, by a spirit? No. You know, you said like one of the guys you were with had like scratches. Yeah, I haven't. Yeah. 
I don't fuck with that shit. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> no. I just, yeah, your your buddy Adam, some of the stories you told me, just how matter of fact he is about demons and shit, and just like, yeah, they got three fingers, you know, that's yeah, what they, they that's the what back. they do, and uh, there's a finite amount of them, and he runs into the same ones across the country. Well, the thing is, like, hey, it's, Bob, this all you, sounds. You work in this area too. <laughs> it just all sounds crazy on paper. It sounds crazy, but like, you know, hey, like, I watch Supernatural. Well, but right? people that don't believe in any of this stuff. And that's fine, and maybe they're right, maybe they're. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm basing my stuff not on just being kind of smug and be like, oh, that's all bullshit. Like I've actually gone and yeah. done the the been there yeah. and seen stuff with my own eyes, and you know, I, it, and it's not like I look for this shit. Like when I'm not doing that stuff, I'm not thinking about ghosts <laughs> or looking. You know what I mean? So it's you're like, not like out in the town like right. looking for the haunted so mansion. I've seen enough stuff to know that there's something going on that we don't understand, and, and whether or not, whether it's ghosts or science that we haven't understood yet. Yeah. Like time wormhole shit. I don't know, but there's something going on, and maybe we can create things with our minds. I have no idea, but there's just something. Did you like, did you actually ever get on the show? No, no. Oh, okay. But I was there for filming of it once. They filmed um, the uh, what was it called? The Star of India in San Diego, okay. and I flew out there and hung out with them while they filmed, and like uh, got to hang out with like Jay and uh, Grant the two main characters okay. at the time or the lead yeah. the guys and we went in this like russian soviet russian submarine that was right next oh, to it geez. and like all this cool stuff but um yeah and so i sat out there and watched while they took turns going in and like none of them came back and were like hey don't forget to throw that rock <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they would go down and have a cigarette they'd be like yeah there's some weird stuff happening over by the yeah. the meat hook is that show still on yeah They've had really? a lot of turnover. Oh, okay. They've had a lot of turnover. I think there's only two original cast members oh, left. Uh, there's okay. Jason Hawes, and then there's uh, Steve Gonzalez. What was the the oh, thing? Oh, and Dave Tango. There's, but yeah. yeah. What was the thing where you ate hot sauce or something? Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. That was like actually that. at that place. That was, oh, okay. That was at the Star of India where um, it all started because when we were – looking while somebody else was the other people were filming me and jason hawes and Britt griffith who that was his first either his first or second episode that he filmed he became like he was on there for like five or six years but we went looking through the the mess hall or whatever of this boat and we found uh (laughs) found a hot sauce i believe it was called ass raper That's some hot sauce, yeah. man. And, rape uh, your ass. Yeah, I mean that's that's maybe you can't name it that today, but in 2006 you sure could. And uh, holy shit! Balls. So uh, Jason Hawes filmed it, like he he put it on MySpace again, yeah. time frame. And uh, we went through and we had a hot sauce drinking contest. And uh, so, do you believe, like in the day, I if threw up. I threw up over. I threw up under the boat from Master and Commander because <laughs> it was next to it. Like I wasn't on the boat, but I puked onto the like it flew onto the boat. Now, if YouTube had existed at that point, do you feel like that video would have gone viral? It 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 did exist, but nobody used it. Oh, okay. but yeah, I mean, um, I don't know, maybe. Well, that's your other big claim to fame right now is that uh, you came up with that a viral video. Cock. Well. I haven't seen your penis. <laughs> I've just heard just the legend. I'm just kidding. Now that talking about things that aren't true. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, you're you're. Uh, you know, I I kind of envy guys like you because I've said it on the podcast before. I don't really have a thing. Like I don't, I don't have something that I'm really into. Like that monopolizes my time. And I feel like that was kind of my problem as to why I, I had such a, an addictive personality into like gambling and stuff because gambling was really my only thing thing, you know, like that I wanted to do all day, all night. That's a hobby. Yeah. I just, I was never into like, you know, bands or into any of that stuff, but you know, you seem to be very, uh, into basketball, basketball, which just sounds, uh, contradictory yeah but i don't give a shit i like them both yeah but holy shit man you had some foresight to put together that uh it's what is it called on youtube it's, it's called, called technically it's called kevin love jersey burning minnesota nice style okay it has 2.7 <laughs> million hits how crazy is that man yeah it's it was so pretty wild. crazy it, uh, it it caught fire quick like i remember quick. you were you took a flight somewhere and during well, the flight you got down to the other side and it was my crazy. wife and i made it yeah. uh like I, I wrote it and filmed it, but she literally had just as much to do with it because she took like thirty hours of footage and like 
had the foresight to know which stuff was good and wow and so like to me we're co-creators you know yeah what I mean? holy shit, um, like right down the line and so um it we made it because i knew everybody knew kevin love was going to get traded like it was in the it was yeah. in the cards but it was the off season you can't technically make a trade you know that at that point and so we made it and we sat on it for a couple weeks and we were going to wait until like there's this august 30th there was like yeah. some like you could trade again and uh, then he did that thing they did a thing where like it's not an official trade but some like big sources like sources say that he's traded it was like the big headlines and we're like screw it let's do it yeah we put it out on a friday i think it was and it was a slow news day and nothing was going on in sports and like i posted it like the night before at like two in the morning and then by when i was leaving for new york for a festival the, the i love lucy fest uh when i got to the airport it already had one hundred sixty thousand views the morning <laughs> Jesus and, Christ. and like all of a sudden everybody was calling me it, it was like blowing up and then i got on the plane and i was sitting next to this guy and i'm not a plane talker yeah. i'm not one of those people but i was so freaked out that i was like hi i have a video <laughs> like, I, just, <laughs> like, I was freaking out you ever and, been on this thing it's called youtube yeah. you ever watch the video because well, i was trying to monetize it too because nobody yeah. you have to have fifty thousand views before you can monetize it. nobody expects like boom in, in an hour you got 160 and so yeah. i was freaking out i was on a plane there's no wi-fi <laughs> and so i sat to talk to the guy next to me and i told him that i have this video and then it's like it's like, oh, it's viral. It's got 200,000 views, you know? And, yeah. and uh, he goes, oh, when we land, I'll check on my phone. So he, we land, and, you know, he turns on his phone, and he uh, pulls up YouTube, and I'm like, oh, there it is. And then I realized I didn't tell him what it was called. Yeah. It was already the number one video on all of YouTube, and it was like, <laughs> when you hit YouTube, it just popped up. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so we ended up getting 2.7 million views, and, like, it was on SportsCenter, LA Times, USA Today, like, almost anything you could think of, Man. it was on. And then, like, there was even, like, people doing those little shows where, like, they show it like yeah. they show a clip and they're like mike brody comedian from minneapolis and they're like Jeez. some lady from la doing some show you know like and uh it's so wild man and then yeah and then uh kevin love mentioned it in his article when he left minnesota he's like and thank you guys for not burning my jersey and he put a <laughs> uh, link to it so it was pretty awesome it's and then i never did a second funny. one because i couldn't i was too nervous to follow it uh maybe you know what i'm gonna do for just for you is after the credits i'm gonna put the audio of the video on here so people can hear the audio sure and then they'll get excited and they'll go and actually right. watch the video and you'll get you know the thing that sucked is one more hundred views for the longest that. time i had kept reporting people because there's people that they um they just steal it and then monetize it and try to get your money so what? You to, oh yeah it happens even now there's like 10 ripoff ones but i stopped worrying about it because one has 2.7 million views and one has like a thousand so yeah. like what do you think's the real one <laughs> and but the thing that pisses me off is a lot of them cut my credit off at the end where well, it says mikebrody.com yeah. and they cut it off and i'm like all right bitch if you want to take it whatever but it's give like me my what fucking... the fat jew is doing you yeah know, he takes everybody's shit and then he then he crops it so the, the you should clarify that that's his name that he gave himself. yes <laughs> i'm not just uh slurring a man to slur a man hey check it out on twitter it's at the fat jew mm -hmm. and that's his title well he probably and he lost everything real quick man oh yeah nobody's gonna he lost his deal within like 12 hours. Uh, apparently, he never had a deal. He was also what? lying about that. He had had a meeting with them, and they never had a deal. So, like, they... they wow. So, they, it wasn't like they canceled him. They were like, when people asked, they're like, no, we don't have yeah. anything with him. Because they were like... Because he's full of shit. Well, maybe it was just plausible deniability on their part that, like, you know, if they said, we never really offered him anything, you know, and he's like, no, we have, a, like, a deal or whatever. Uh, well, you know how, like... Hollywood works, man. There's green lights. Like you can get all the way to the very end. They can still cancel it, you know. So what I like to do at the end of my podcasts is I like to do a game called Also, I'm a ghost. Five. Thank you. Five horrible questions. Are Kev you ready? Yeah. <laughs> they're pretty horrible. No, they're they're all right. Thomas did them. He didn't have an answer for any of them. Uh, no, he had a few of them. Uh, Somebody offered you fifty million dollars to fifteen one five five zero five zero fifty. Yes, I will do it. To never tell another joke, personally or professionally, for the rest of your life, would you take it? I already have just taken it. Wow, you didn't even know what it was. You just F took no, it. Fifty million dollars, never tell a joke again. Fuck yeah. Wow. Fuck, fuck jokes. <laughs> Thomas is not happy with you. Well, fuck, man. <laughs> I mean, 50 million. It's not like it's like 100 bucks or something. 50 million. I could fucking pay every comic I've ever wanted to tell me jokes. I could fucking tell a comic to go be my, me. I pay somebody to be Mike just, Brody and, just, and tell my jokes on stage for me. 
and you could just sit in the back and enjoy watching. Fifty your million? Are live you kidding on. me? There's a number where like I'd be like, I'd stab Mark Poulos in the throat. Oh man, you'd kill me for uh, a lot of money. No, I'd miss the jugular. Oh, all right. I'm just saying, fifty million is a ridiculous yeah, amount. It is a lot of money. Do your best famous person impression. (laughs) (laughs) My wife always tells me I'm the worst impersonator of all time. It's true. Because every every impression I do sounds like Fonzie from Happy Days. Like, hey! That was my Bob Marley impression. (laughs) You got nothing? No, hey! Oh, alright. Hey, I'm doing the thumbs. I I can do Dwight York and Isaac Witte. Alright, let's hear it. Dwight York. Does anybody know who Dwight York is on this podcast? <laughs> Probably. Uh, my doctor said a banana a day is good for my colon. <laughs> Apparently, you're supposed to eat them. <laughs> <laughs> Do your Isaac Woody. I got to uh, hear your Isaac What's a Woody. short Isaac Woody joke? Um, he's longer jokes. Uh, I think uh, I saw a sign that said, uh, <laughs> banana bread. Wow. <laughs> You should never have a sign that says, oh, carrot cake, carrot cake, wow. Uh, unless you're mowing the lawn, and all of a sudden, <laughs> wow, carrot cake. That was horrible. That was horrible. I butchered his joke, and it was horrible. I can do it better. I got too nervous. The Dude, Dwight his, one was good. His, uh, my favorite joke he does is the boat people and the bridge people. He never people. does it anymore. He never does, man. That's so great. That He's like, like, yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, boat people and bridge people. You got It's kind of Brian I Regan-y. I don't mean guys. that like a... I don't mean that in a ripoff way, yeah. but it's like I think it's like on the level of Brian Regan. For sure, man. Name a comic you don't get along with and why. Oh boy. <laughs> Thomas didn't have anybody. He gets along with everybody. <laughs> no. Let me see. <laughs> Let me which one are we going to? Well I need number one on the list. I don't need four or five. Give me the the person if you walked into a condo and you saw them sitting on the couch, you would immediately go to your room and curse the people that booked that comedy. I don't show. I don't want to come back and have this bite me. But uh Oh god. I mean I don't remember his name. Can I say it if I don't remember his name? I'm not copping yeah, out. Yeah, no, that's fine. There, I was um working at the House of Comedy with this Canadian dude. The, the funny thing is the biggest pains in the ass yeah. are usually like people that are nobody. For sure. Like yeah. I worked with Jay Farrow who's like famous now and he's like yeah, a big huge. deal and he was jay farrow honestly was like the coolest dude i've ever met in my life yeah jay farrow is like a fucking a plus dude for sure and man. he wasn't like oh i'm cool and i'm still talking to you peons he was just a normal dude he's not a normal dude but no, he acted yeah. like one he's like God, the most his, humble his like, impersonations are oh he's great and he's funny and when he talks to you he talks to you like a human being you know what i mean yeah. he doesn't have an air of superiority on him so jay farrow is like the epitome of like that's the top he's so yeah. cool um like P- Patrice O'Neill, I was terrified. Of. Bottom. Well, I didn't hate Patrice O'Neill because he just—I knew what I was going to get with Patrice O'Neill. I knew that he's like not a friendly dude. Like yeah. He's passed away, R.I.P. But like he—he yeah. he didn't want to talk. There was this guy from Canada that uh, was real um, passive aggressive because Canadians are even more passive aggressive than us yeah. Minnesotans, and uh, he didn't want me to sell. But he wouldn't tell me he didn't want me to sell, and I would ask him. Like I always ask if I could sell, yeah, you know. And for sure. I didn't ask you because I knew that you would. <laughs> yeah, you, I, I knew it wasn't your thing. But like I asked him, but he didn't want me to sell. So instead of like just say no, I mean I'd be pissed. Yeah. But like okay, just fucking. And he, so instead he bitched to the management about me, mm. which he didn't know that I yeah. have a connection with You're them. There, yeah. And so I found out. And then he was just being really weird and like, oh, well, you know. And then he got mad about my set because I was like killing in front of him and I wasn't doing crowd rap or anything yeah. like that. But I like, and he's like, I'm sorry. I just, I have my art and I just want it to be. I'm like, your art, your jo- all your jokes are about your balls. <laughs> like, your art. What are you talking about? And then, uh, and then like he kept making me move down the hall to sell. He still wouldn't say no, but then you know, like basically I'm like out in the street, like, you know, like down. 400 yards away was he selling yeah oh okay. but i still outsold him seven to one but wasn't there another guy that you were working with there because they had that policy where you could hand out free tickets and then he was the reason they changed the policy and he wasn't even selling or was that the same guy where you used to be able to just hand out the tickets and then you had to ask oh, permission. Oh yeah yeah he didn't like that i was giving out the tickets too because yeah. at that point 
that was a policy in like Edmonton and stuff, yeah. but that had never been clarified in Minnesota. So yeah, he because they did that in Edmonton, he made sure that they stopped there. Like he yeah. was just there's a lot of people that I've worked. I mean, I worked, and I don't remember a lot of these people's names because I try to like just like put it behind me, you know, and not hold a grudge. Yeah. But there was a guy in Michigan that I was I had hair, so this was a long yeah. time ago, and I went up and I had a joke about Eminem. Remember the oh, parties yeah. don't stop till eight in the morning. Yeah. And that was my first joke that I ever did well, so I beat it to death. Yeah. And uh, I we were doing a it was a Yoder one nighter in like Bay City or I don't know where it was somewhere. And uh, it was like one of those shows where it's like a company party and they had a like a raffle, but it was yeah. a real show. But it was mostly they had a raffle. And so I get up there and I'm doing my stuff. I was like 25. I can't pretend to be 40. I'm 25. I wasn't <laughs> yeah. married, you know. So I go up and I do my thing, and he goes up. First off, he did that thing where he was like, and now I would never put up for this with this yeah. shit today. I would never. But he like did this thing where like I had to be the MC as the feature. Like I learned how to MC by being a feature on like Yoda One Nighters sure, and stuff like that. There's nobody and else there. He would. Uh, so I bring him up, and then he's like, "Hold on a second. And he kept me on stage for like five minutes and like humiliated me. And apparently that's his thing. Like he does that with everybody. And I was just oh, like, Ooh. I would have. Now I'd be like, go fuck away. yourself, dude. Yeah. So then he, then I get down. He's like, hey, give it up for Mike Brody, Eminem jokes. But you guys really relate to that. And he like later on he like criticized me for doing like age age specific stuff and i'm like all your jokes were about kiss <laughs> and pinball machines you go fuck yourself and then when i got done he lectured me about how i should be a republican and i'm like I fucking hate you dude was this gallagher no no <laughs> but there's other people i mean it's just like there's times i've had times of i had a rough time with somebody in this condo once i don't really want to get into it but <laughs> like this is me no no just a comic that wa thought i was his chauffeur and smoked inside was really disrespectful i'm like yeah oh i remember this guy yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, i'm loath to name names but yeah there's uh i i there's generally i try to like i especially if i'm featuring because if somebody's a real dick to me i can just distance your as, as a feature you can really like I, if i hate somebody i can just do my set what they do doesn't affect me for the most part. Yeah. And I could just go walk away and it's fine. If I'm featuring, like, or headlining, you know, I've had people do like 45 minutes in front of me. And so disrespectful. They do like, man. oh, like, they want me to get off stage now. Like, what do you guys think? You know, like, that oh, kind of shit. Oh, God, that drives me bonkers. I, mean, like, I guess I got to go now, waiting for the, oh, yeah. Like, oh, whatever. Yeah. Do whatever you need to do. But I generally, you. I feel like I'm pretty easy to get along with, I guess, for most people. Some people, maybe not. I don't know. Question four. What's the meanest thing you've ever done to a person on purpose? Uh, when I was in seventh grade, I've done a lot of mean things, but when I was in seventh grade, I had a best friend who was just kind of my best friend by the fact that I didn't have any other friends. Yeah. And he had a Nintendo. So it worked out for me. Um, <laughs> this was like early 90s. Must have been like 90 or 91. And... Um, he he ran funny. We used to call him Carl Lewis because he he ran funny. You know, Carl Lewis was the big yes. runner at the time. And uh, so then I met my next best friend, who was like my best friend from like seventh grade till ninth grade when he moved to Kentucky. And uh, he was like a step up. Like he was cooler than everybody. He wasn't quite cool enough that he he still had to hang out with me, so he wasn't that yeah. cool. But um, he he and I went along with it so I take responsibility he didn't want this other guy to hang out anymore so he devised a plan where when this guy sits down he was sitting down last at lunch in school everybody else got up and walked away from the table right when he sat down <sighs> so he was like this kid was like my best friend and like I don't think we ever talked again Oh. My and he was God, kind of like man. a dork and like real awkward and like as an adult I'm like fuck man that was horrible and i still feel bad about it and like i'm in aa i've tried to apologize to him but i can't find him on facebook i'm like is he dead or he's just one of those people that doesn't yeah, use he's, facebook he's just off the grid he lives in a cabin in the forest right is it this. like the adam sandler movie where there's like a list that i apologize to him and he crosses my name off <laughs> no i i mean to me like i've probably done worse things like to people like purposely mean things but like yeah. that was like when you're a kid one that it felt specifically malicious you. and it was yeah. like i i got bullied a ton so i should have known better or like picked on but like when you're the second lowest rung of the dorks the you have to like nobody's meaner to the lowest dorks than the second lowest dorks yeah because if we don't kick them down then then we're them yeah and so i feel, i still feel bad about that it feels like uh what was that movie can't buy me love or whatever 
where the second level geeks were messing with the lower level geeks or something like that. Oh, is that in there? Anyways. It's been a long time since. So. I'm a big uh, money don't cost a thing. Money don't cost <laughs> a thing. Last question. Toughest question of the five questions. Feel free to answer it if you'd like. But you ask everybody you the same questions? All five. Okay. If you don't want to answer it, you don't have to. All right. Reveal something on the podcast you've never told your wife. Uh, you know, I actually honestly have one of those relationships where I tell her everything. Well, there you go, man. I know that sounds like a cop-out. No, it's all right. But man. I'm a really bad liar. Yeah. And, like, I don't... I mean, like, for a while when I was... Uh, when I had a relapse, I didn't yeah. tell her for a little bit, like, a few weeks. And then it came out. And yeah. then, that, you know, hey, it ruined my life for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but I've I've just found that, like, the... I mean, I'm trying to think of something non-consequential, yeah. but I told her, like, one time I dropped a piece of gum. But I it's like, I, it, I don't it, think it, so. It, I, I firmly believe you got to exper- be honest. Yeah, from my experience, somehow it's always going to come out. She no can tell when I'm hiding something. Yeah. Like, she knows something's wrong. She can tell. And that's like those special relationships. It's the same way with me and my wife. Like, she knows when, and I know when she's not s- straight, like, something's off. Mm-hmm. And she knows when there's something off with me. And it's just, we're just that connected. We're, mm-hmm. I'm sure you guys are too. It's just hard to keep something you know from somebody forever it's just yeah. always gonna and she doesn't out. even like surprises like if i'm giving her a surprise i hate surprises. so she doesn't so i don't even keep good things from her <laughs> I'm like, by the way i bought you, you a pony buy, <laughs> you, you haven't even wrapped the present it's yeah. like you're holding it up outside the window happy anniversary yep. i haven't even put it in right. well thanks for coming on mikey yeah. i appreciate it Thank you. you got anything you'd like to uh promote uh mikebrody.com i'm going to be Opening for Joy Behar? Behar? Joy Behar. Behar. I don't watch The View, but apparently she's very famous, and I'm opening for her in front of 1,300 people. So Don't do any nurse jokes. Yeah, yeah. This will be be probably, I think this is going to beat Dave Attell for my biggest, if if it sells out. Yeah. Because I did a... Was somewhere between eight hundred to a thousand people with Dave Attell, Jeez, and I think this is thirteen hundred if she sells out. So this would be yeah, the biggest show. I'm opening for the uh, Impractical Jokers at the State Theater, and I'm assuming that that's probably going to be the biggest crowd I've ever. They're done. that big, damn. Yeah. Last I saw them, they were like advertising Penguins. for like Jokers, and yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, so they've gotten bigger since. Then. Yeah, they are pretty pretty damn big. I guess uh, I guess it's pretty close to sold out already. So. At the State Theater? Yeah. That's awesome. It's pretty crap. I don't even know what they do. I mean, do they just they do the show? They joke practically. Do they just do the show on stage, or do they show clips or Dude, something Dude, there's like a guy that? coming to the House of Comedy named Piff the Magic Dragon. Piff the Magic Dragon. I've never heard of him until I saw him on the thing. Yep. He's a magician, right? Yep, dressed as a dragon. Well, there you go. pretends to be a dragon. He's not? Not a real dragon, no. <sighs> that would be a good magician. He did make a movie called Turok. That was him? No. Oh. <laughs> I was like, wow, it all comes full circle. I don't know which podcast will come out first. That could be a flash forward or a callback. We won't know. <laughs> See, time doesn't exist, man. It's all it a doesn't. continuum. It's all, in, it's, all, it's all nebulous. I don't know what that means. Neither do I. <laughs> Mike Brody, everybody. Thank you. And that was Mike Brody. Fun interview, cool guy. A lot of fun stories. Check him out at MikeBrody.com. Uh, check out his viral video on YouTube called Kevin Love Jersey Burning. And check him out when he's out on the road. A lot of fun uh, gigs he does. A lot of college and corporates and conferences. So if you see him in your town, go and check him out. Um, you can always get this podcast to Podbean and iTunes and Tuned In and Stitcher. And check out my website, largedrunkman.com, for my upcoming dates. I will be all over the place until December. And take a little break when the new baby comes. Um, but I just want to thank everybody for tuning in. And make sure you tune in next time when we talk about who knows. And a couple quick thanks to uh, my sponsors, um, LeesTees.com and KBRemodelingInc.com. Thank you so much for being a part of the podcast. Hey, longtime Minnesota Timberwolves fan here, and Kevin Love just left us for Cleveland, and I'm pissed, and I'm going to burn his jersey, and I just need some angry Minnesotans to help me out. So who's with me? Uh, you know, I kind of feel for the guy. It's cold here. 
Our team sucks. I get it. We have a men's basketball team here. I think instead of burning his jersey, we should send him a thank you card for trying so hard. Hey man, leave Kevin Garnett alone. Leaving is the most Minnesotan thing Kevin Love can do. We deserve it. Can we like pretend to burn it? Like, symbolically? It's Kevin, man. Kevin. Hey guys, I got this Christian Leitner jersey too! Good luck, Kevin. Good luck, Kevin! Good luck, Kevin. Good luck. Maybe you'll come back. Like LeBron. I'm Tom Gugliotta. They never gave me my money. <laughs>